So allow your body to come into a posture that allows you to feel upright and alert. And this isn't so much the uh, physical posture. It could be, it doesn't have to be sitting. It can be lying down, kind of whatever is going to be most beneficial for your body. So you have full permission. Um, this is a, what's going to be the position with most ease, right? And then it's an energetic, um, these ennobling teachings. Yeah, so allowing there to be, yeah. we're undertaking the, the training of how to live in a, with more liberation, with more freedom. It's no joke, even if it's just for a moment. Yeah, one moment begets another. <laughs> so, uh, again, closing the eyes, just, I will always start feeling my feet on the ground. I often, mostly, usually, sit hand to the heart, hand to the belly, just a way of like, oh, yeah, here, be here. There's nowhere else to be. There's nothing else to do. You have already committed. So just allowing yourself just to drop in to the physical body. And just take a few, perhaps, longer exhales here, just as a way of further inviting in a sense of groundedness. Slowing the system down. And for our anchor together this morning, afternoon, evening, I want to have us play around in the realm of the thinking mind. It's endlessly fascinating for me. So uh, again, the sense of staying in the body, feeling perhaps what the sit bones are resting upon or feet on the floor. Some amount of your attention is uh, anchored in the body. Yeah, so we don't get too heady. And the invitation for the for the sit, for the anchor, is just to watch the thinking mind. On one of my early retreats a long time ago, uh, John Travis had said that it's in this practice, it's like we come, we take our seat, and we watch the theater of the mind. And I love this image. And the body gets to be comfortable as we watch the theater of the mind. And what I'm particularly pointing to for the sit is what's the nature, the quality, the tone, the cadence of the um, inner narrator, the commentator? Is if you are kind of watching the thinking mind, is there a slowness to what the thoughts are? Is there, is it fast? Is there a tone? Is it critical? Is it soft? Is it curious? So we're not trying to stop the thinking mind. We're just allowing that to be the object of the meditation. So breathing, feeling the body, and then allowing, again, this soft uh, light that's directed to, if we just are to watch the thinking mind, these are sort of the patterns. It might be, Uh, a pattern of judging or comparing or planning, perseverating. Then kind of the next layer of inquiry, well, if I'm watching, observing, noting, listening to these little voices of narrating something or another, is is it a friendly tone? Is it critical? Is it soft? Is it sharp? Again, just being curious. 
So we're just trying to get a sense of where the mind goes, what the thought patterns are. Of a mind we're not really trying to control in any way. Sort of like, have at it. And then we get to sit in our comfortable theater chair and just watch like, oh my God, I'm thinking that same thought again. Or I'm judging the same thing again. Yeah. Alleviating any judgment. Hopefully that didn't sound like I'm inviting us to judge ourselves. But we're just curious. Oh, this. Oh, yeah, that thought. In this moment, the thinking mind is like this. Oh, okay. So as we settle into that theater seat, so to speak, there's some ease, some equanimity. We don't need the mind to be any way other than how it is. And we're just being curious. Oh, in this moment, the thinking mind is like this. Speedy, fast, judging, quiet, steady. And then it's going to change, right? As it does. At any moment, if it feels like it's too much head work, okay, come back into the body, feel your feet, hand to the heart center. Okay, just here. Nowhere else to be, nothing else to do. Please remember there's no such thing as a bad sit. We come, we take our seat, we see how it is. This courageous act to turn towards how it is in this moment and in the next.
always so nice to sit together. So, you know, thanks for ringing the bell. And I hope, um, say it was a good set, but just please feel my appreciation that we get to sit together. It's always a treat. Um, and today I wanted to, we'll see how this goes. Weave together uh, two main threads and we'll see what else creeps in. But um, the teachings around wise speech and and gratitude. Um, but first I'm going to start with a poem. And I'm going to start with uh, Ellen Bass's poem, which I've read before and some of you may know, uh, Pray for Peace. Uh, in our world at this time. Um, pray for peace. Pray to whomever you kneel down to. Jesus nailed to his wooden or plastic cross, his suffering face bent to kiss you. Buddha, still under the bow tree in scorching heat. Odunai, Allah, raise your arms to Mary that she may lay her palm on our brows. To Shikina, queen of heaven and earth, to Inanna in her striped descent. Then pray to the bus driver who takes you to work. On the bus, pray for everyone riding that bus, for everyone riding buses all over the world. Drop some silver and pray. Waiting in line for the movies, for the ATM, for your latte croissant, offer your plea, make your eating and drinking a supplication, make your slicing of carrots a holy act. Each translucent layer of an onion, a deeper prayer. To hawk or wolf, the great whale, pray. Bow down to terriers and shepherds and Siamese cats, fields of artichokes and elegant strawberries. Make the brushing of your hair a prayer. Every strand of it, every strand its own voice singing in the choir on your head. As you wash your face, the water slipping through your fingers a prayer. Water, softest thing on earth, gentleness that wears away rock. Making love, of course, is already a prayer. Skin and open mouths worshiping that skin, the fragile cases we are poured into. If you're hungry, pray. If you're tired, pray to Gandhi and Dorothy Day, Shakespeare, Sappho, Sojourner Truth. When you walk to your car, to the mailbox, to the video store, let each step be a prayer that we keep all our legs, that we do not blow off anyone else's legs or crush their skulls. And if you are riding on a bicycle or a skateboard in a wheelchair, each revolution of the wheels of prayer, prayer as the earth revolves, less harm, less harm, less harm. And as you work, typing with a new manicure, a tiny palm tree painted on one pearlescent nail, or delivering soda, or drawing good blood into rubber capped vials, twirling pizzas, with each breath in, take in the faith of those who have believed when faith, when belief seemed foolish, who persevered with each breath out, cherished. Pull weeds for peace, turn over in your sleep for peace, feed the birds, each shiny seed that spills onto earth another second of peace. Wash the dishes, call your mother, drink wine, shovel leaves or snow or trash from the sidewalk, make a path. Fold a photo of a dead child around your visa card, scoop your holy water from the gutter, gnaw your crust, mumble along like a crazy person, stumbling your prayers through the street. How do we make our life? A prayer of sorts. And prayer may not be a word that resonates. It may have some other connotation. So just allow the mind to come up with a word that's sufficiently ease, has some ease to it. This offering of, well, uh, how do we make our life a blessing? How do we move in the world from uh, a place of friendliness, of loving kindness? I think for me, those are words that are synonymous with prayer. 
as someone who was raised very Catholic, <laughs> did a lot of praying, but this way of being in the world with an open heart yeah, and not letting really any opportunity, whether we're twirling pizzas or walking on the sidewalk, to allow these blessings to come forth. Yeah, allowing ourselves to make our life a prayer. Again, however, we define that word. Um, so if that's sort of the, the overarching invitation, then the way in which we speak to each other really can be a profound prayer, or it really can be um, bludgeoning, right? That Sylvia Morrison used to say, you know, this that idea like sticks and stones might break my bones or net names will never hurt me and she was like oh oh oh, no 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 totally wrong like bones heal sometimes the words that we hear it takes it takes a lot to allow us to heal from the words that can really feel like we're just going to be cut the bone and uh in a time uh, next week in in the states the holiday of thanksgiving people have time off often getting together with friends or family or for on our own it can be challenging yeah, and sort of watching how um, we talk to ourselves, which is why that those the, I chose those instructions for that anchor. And what I almost jumped back in to say, and this is something to kind of play with over the next week of uh, what are the words? Um, and I share this because um, I, my daughter and I finished our odyssey on the East Coast, and it's been a very bumpy um, landing back here for various reasons. And I was, there was one day I just had all this negative talk, like, I didn't like this, and I hated that. And I was like, who is this? That's not normally how my mind goes. But it was a funny catch of like these pointer words of like, this thing's really off. And just take a minute and kind of resettle and reorient the mind because there's sort of a picking at things and just noticing sort of when when we are in a more open place of gratitude or this prayer place, this blessing place. The, the vocabulary tends to be more like things like maybe happy. Oh, that's so pretty. Or I appreciate this. Or I love that. So something just to pay attention to uh, always, but particularly depending on what your circumstances are next week. Um, what, what are the words that rise to the surface? And if they're words that bring a sense of ease, like the, the words that can be under the delightful category, sort of that which brings joy and happiness and ease. Okay. Like sort of swim in those waters, and then if we notice that the uh, the collection of words that might rise to the top are like the grumbling, <laughs> that would be the word I would use to describe myself when I caught myself in like the grumbling, complaining, like this isn't done right, and this person always does this. But like, okay, wait, stop. So it's both noticing the tone and the word choices. It can just be a, a, a an easy catch. Like if the word don't like or negative hate does come up, okay. Let's just pause, <laughs> maybe take a break from whomever you might be with. Come back, feel your heart, lean into that which brings joy. So it really can just be this way of um, reorienting the mind, remembering remembering who you are, remembering where um, you can be at home in the heart, regardless of external circumstances. I also wanted to talk about this today in part because uh, there was a situation that happened in not this sangha, but in another sangha. Where someone, it's sort of, the mic was hot, so to speak, and someone had made a comment that was a little snarky and unkind to another person sitting in the class and wanting to, it happens. And as Christina so beautifully had said, like, we can't stop the outside world from coming into our classes. 
and I'm thinking about this in relation to our time when it's, I really appreciate having space for all of us to hear from each other. <laughs> One, so you're not just hearing me the whole time, but again, a chance for us to get to know each other. Um, the shares are often tender and vulnerable and Lord knows you all have seen me cry all the time. Um, and to notice, well, to be aware, like when, if someone's saying something that you're having trouble with, one advantage of Zoom is you can always turn the volume down. There's some of you may remember back in the early days, somebody um, had written that I was doing a more lengthy guided meditation and someone wrote in the chat like, this teacher's voice is so annoying. <laughs> like, it kind of went off a little bit. And it was just kind of a funny like, oh. Um, but it, then I had said like, sweetie, turn the volume down. If my voice is annoying, just mute me. That's one advantage of of, um, of Zoom. And sort of this, as we cultivate week after week, sort of the, our sense of compassion um, and also watching. Um, and again, I that time for us to hear from each other is very dear to me. So I'm not saying this to scare anybody away in any way, shape or form, but just to bring these teachings of wise speech, sort of the, uh, I'm forgetting who's Ethan, I think somebody talks about sort of the four gateways of wise speech. Is this the right time for me to speak? Is Are the words coming out of my mouth kind? Are they coming from a kind place? Um, is there a skillfulness in how I'm talking? Um, was it kind, timely? Is it the right time? Oh my God, I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, is it, this is what I want to say is true? Is it necessary? Is what I'm saying kind? And is it the right time? Necessary, I think for our context as a Sangha, what I so long for is just a chance for us to have a space where we can share, like, this is what I'm wrestling with, with the Dharma, or this is what's come up for me, or it's a practice question that not that this happens here, but it's not a sort of grandstanding place. Um, but it's just a chance for the intimacy and the connections that we are forming to grow ever deeper. And to that end, I just want to note, um, it's tricky with zoom. Like when we were in person, I could maybe gesticulate and sort of make emotions to, um, more easily perhaps interrupt someone if they're off on a um on a track that doesn't meet those qualities so to speak um i might just interrupt um and if it's someone's too far gone i might just just say um i will mute you and i'm saying this as a way of hoping to allow there to be an exhale like someone's in charge so that we can feel safe enough. There's no such thing as a real safe space. And we come in, we share with what we share. Um, and I really want to invite folks who haven't stepped up to be able to step up. Uh, folks who do step in a lot, sort of watching. So sort of step in, step back, pay attention. But inviting in a sense of this the opportunity for us to share with each other, just so you know, as I've been saying, but is really born out of the need, that, of a desire that we get to know each other. Um, and making space for the vulnerability that can come as we talk about some tricky things. The, these inquiries of timely, kind, um, are not just relevant to this class, of course, but thinking about, again, the gatherings that we may be going to and we're coming into the holiday season and some of us are like, yay, and some of us are like, oh God. Um, but just sort of to be able to carry these teachings of how how can we communicate in a way that is in alignment with this notion of practicing for peace. That in our actions, if we're getting on the, you know, however we're seeing people, that the uh, 
make of our life a prayer. Well, let's include how we speak. Yeah. Is what I'm saying true? Is it necessary? That quote, I've shared this before. Uh, I think it's Ajahn Sumedho or Ajahn Suchito. I had a question, do I need to have an opinion about this? We're living in a time with a lot of opinions, a lot of rigid opinions. And this question, not that we don't stay, not that we aren't, um, of course we're going to have opinions. It's the rigidity of which we hold on to them. Like it's fun to debate and talk with people who have opinions. And that is absolutely you know, being able to hold in that character. But when we get so concretized, which we're seeing kind of out in the world, that if, if you don't agree with me, well, then you're totally wrong and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Or there are such divisions in families. So if you don't believe what I do, then I'm not going to see you anymore. Sometimes that's the skillful move. Sometimes it's like, hmm, could I hold my idea a little bit more loosely? Can I soften into what connects us more than holding on to what I believe? divides us and that line from last week's class of like it's just like me just like me i want to be happy just like just like you (laughs) just like me just like you same idea that we're it's just like you just like you i want to be happy just like you i want to feel safe um the kindness piece it may is what i'm saying kind it doesn't mean that it's like all soft and fluffy all the time sometimes there can be a a fierce compassion of like "Mm, no (laughs) um or we want we, when we are skillfully uh, calling someone in to to talk about stuff. So it's again not about um, we always have to speak in like meditation teacher voice, which I will say admit when I talk like this with my daughter, she's just like, "Don't use that voice with me." <laughs> um, but this way of how can we um, is what we're saying heartfelt. It might have some uh, oomph to it. Again, that sort of fierce compassion that can come through, but still. Um, skillful yeah anger can be skillful not when it's reactive so this way of being able to check in am i speaking from the heart in a way that what i'm saying is aimed intended to be helpful can i listen if someone says well that might have been your intention but ouch that didn't feel good so again the sort of leaning back into staying open and available to be in exchange with another yeah these are the teachings Thich Han speaks about why speech deep listening they go together. Can we? And and I would add so those two threads, but also this um, leaning back into the truth of who we are are these beautiful hearts of ours. And when we can stay connected to the heart, the goodness, the qualities, the, the parmies that we uh, journeyed through of the uh, coming poly um, of integrity and generosity and wisdom and resolve our wise use of energy truthfulness patience meta loving kindness those are beautiful heart qualities that are here right uh joy compassion forgiveness close cousins of the farmies um they're here they're here in the heart we can forget because we kind of come up and out we get all distracted we can get really fixed in our thinking okay so how to take that exhale okay can i come back into um what I know to be true about each of us, the goodness of our own heart in that line from the Metta Sutta um, by not holding on to fixed view, the pure hearted one uh, is free. To paraphrase. You know, that is said to be the sublime abiding by not holding on to fixed views. And again, in the gatherings that we may be going to, we are likely and hopefully going to be with people who have different views. Great. Can we, find ways for us to stay connected with ourselves so that these conversations can be 
meaningful, onward leading, that we can grow and learn from each other, that we can still um, offer ourselves as a safe harbor through our speech. And part of the teachings in in wise speech um, um, is sort of the negative, is it snarky in any way? It's sort of the uh, sarcasm, um, the way we can tease. Um, these are qualities that we, when the family that I grew up in were um, highly praised. Um, it can be a form of affection, but ooh, then they have a bite. And so sort of watching, well, again, what's the pattern in the speech? What do I fall into? Are there patterns that no longer really we identify uh, with the truth of who we are? And just modulating, okay, how am I speaking? How am I showing up? Um, who am I talking about? You know, Joseph Goldstein, I'm sure many of you have heard the story, to undertook the practice not to talk about anybody else for like a month or something. He said he had nothing to say. Like 90% of his speech just went away. Um, and the, I always hold sort of the wise speech of like, if we're talking about someone in a way that might change someone's opinion of somebody else to the negative, because uh, I am going to ask like, how so-and-so? And so to not feel like we can ever talk about anybody else, but just kind of watch what's the motivation and what's the impact. And again, what I love about these teachings about wise speech is we talk. <laughs> it's how we communicate. So being able to fold in, oh yeah, I can practice on the cushion. I can practice in walking meditation. I can practice now in my speech. And I don't know if there's a more impactful way to um, manifest these teachings in the way we are and the heart's true desire to show up with kindness and compassion. Yes, hindrances come in and we get caught and we shriek and we get mad or we get, you know, frustrated and all that. Absolutely. Okay. So in those moments, which is really when the opportunity to watch our practice comes forth, how am I showing up when I am like tired or hungry or whatever? Okay. Can we stay connected to um, our own goodness? And maybe that's one of the, the main threads of whatever we're stepping into. Again, if it's a holiday that you're excited to see people or you wish you were with other people or there's a loneliness or all of the myriad of ways people are going to be walking through next week here in the States, there will be some challenges. So how do we take care of ourselves? And today this invitation of sort of making peace, making uh, blessings a way of moving in the world, but also really paying attention to, okay, how am I showing up? And again, even if it's not in response with others, but how are we talking to ourselves? probably one of the most important things it can and noticing not to be like the <laughs> hall monitor judging how we're talking but just like oh is this a benefit the way i'm speaking to myself is it i feel good is this stressing me out more the way i'm talking and how to just be able to be like oh actually no this doesn't feel good when i caught myself in the like rumbly grouchy mode it's like oh this feels really bad um Okay, so what do I need to do to reset? You know, how to be leading into that which I can remember that I love, sort of images of being or remembering being with people I love, actually being with people that I love, music, um, things that are beautiful, poetry, art, whatever it is to remember, oh yeah, there's an aliveness to the heart. Yeah. And that aliveness, that flame of the heart can easily get covered or dimmed or blown out, right? So how do we... Um, cultivate and protect that part of like whatever's happening externally of which there is a lot okay how do I, where do I come how can I come back home to what I know to be true about my own heart qualities um, 
What We Need Is Here by Wendell Berry. Sorry for the noise. <laughs> um, geese appear high over us, pass in the sky, closes. Abandoned as in love or sleep, holds them to their way, holds them to their way, clear in the ancient faith. What we need is here. And we pray not for new earth or heaven, but to be quiet in heart and in eye, clear. What is needed is here. So lovely. We're so, we can be so conditioned like, (laughs) no, no, it's better. Something's better. Something needs to change. All the like chattery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What if what we need is right here, especially (laughs) in this path? With these teachings that are so liberatory and offer us a way to move and to learn how to move in a way that we're connected to these beautiful heart qualities, uh, undertaking the training to even be able to play with the realm of quieting the mind, a miraculous, you know, in that, in that, even if it's a moment at a time, there's such liberation of I'm not at the behest of an unruly tyrant of an inner inner critic. Yeah, we can see like huge and move the mind somewhere else so this lovely invitation what we need is here but we need to be able to look for it to be able to see it yeah so turning away like what might be a habituation to looking or dwelling in that which is challenging or negative okay we're somewhat wired that way so then how can we begin to orient like oh i want to start to look well what is it that i actually need and i trust that it's already here um, Small Kindnesses by Danusha Lamiris. I've been thinking about the way when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull in their legs to let you by, or how strangers still say bless you when someone sneezes a leftover from the bubonic plague. Don't die, we are saying. And sometimes when you spill lemons from your grocery bag, someone else will help you pick them up. Mostly we don't want to harm each other. We want to be handed our cup of our cup of coffee hot and to say thank you to the person handing it to smile at them and for them to smile back for the waitress to call us honey when she sets down the bowl of clam chowder and for the driver in the red pickup truck to let us pass we have so little of each other now so far from tribe and fire only these brief moments of exchange what if they are the two true dwelling of the holy these fleeting temples we make when we say here have my seat go ahead you first I like your hat. <laughs> yeah, and this, that, this, this true dwelling of the holy, these exchanges we have, whether they're fleeting or whether they're for staying with people or we're having meals with people or going on walks or whether we're with ourselves, how can we allow ourselves to inhabit this dwelling of the holy often? Yeah, not just on Thursday afternoons, not just on Sundays, not just on Friday nights, not just on whatever day. Um, we carve out, but just, oh, wait, I can, there's an invitation to move in the world that this way uh, with the, the dwelling of the holy. I've shared this before, but in Christine Feldman's great book, Boundless Heart, she talks about, I believe it's a student of hers who lives in Manhattan. And as he walks down the stairs out into the world over the front door that opens out to the world is a sign that says meditation hall. Sort of how do we make the world around us our group of friends, our families, um, ourselves, our community, however we define that, uh, a meditation hall in which we get the opportunity to practice. Yeah. Um, 
the poems will all be listed in the reference. It's called Small Kindness, that last one. Um, oh, okay, wait, I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, yeah, and I invite you to close your eyes. And just to come back to yourself for a moment with a lot of words and feeling yourself, feel on the ground wherever you're, whatever you're sitting upon, feel the support. And I do want to ask if we kind of reflect upon our, our word choices, do they incline, and I'm asking us to be honest with ourselves. I know how we might all like to answer the question, but the idea of do we notice in our, as we talk to ourselves or as we're narrating the world around us, sort of in um, which Venn diagram are the words more like appreciation, love, joy, beauty, delight, or are they more like the grumbly, this doesn't work, don't like, um, the critical, um, kind of complaining i get more of the tone than the actual words but that even is like i hate that i don't like this this isn't right it shouldn't be this way those words and just letting yourself kind of if you think over the last week or so of those words where do you kind of naturally incline again no judgment we're just being curious and if we are allowing ourselves to undertake the training of these four gateways of speech, of kindness and timeliness, truth. What word choices support that? You know, how do we want to, uh, through which lenses do we want to walk through? Is that the right way? Through which lenses do we want to view the world? You know, and this is not at all suggesting we lose sight of discernment and clarity and clear seeing, not at all. It's just watching and being curious about the habits of speech, again, internally or out in the world. And the amazing thing about this is we can choose. So for this exercise, what if we lean into the domain of noting what is beautiful and noting what we love? Notice what we take delight in. And just to imagine in your mind's eye, kind of maybe moving around your house or apartment or neighborhood or anywhere, an airport or whatever, and just looking for what do you love? What delights you? What makes you smile? And how might it be to move through the world looking for those things? What delights me? What's beautiful? What makes me smile? What makes me happy? Where is there a delight? And as you, if you are on this imaginary walk with me, just notice how that feels to note the beautiful, note the delightful, note the humorous, note the care. When someone says you first, or here, take this. Who offers you a smile? Who pets your dog? Who helps you pick things up? 
And how is it to abide in that world? How is it to abide in that way in this world? May it be so. So thank you so much for your kind attention.